All right, take two. Um, we got halfway through the last one, and I just explained to Jimmy Bang Bang then. I, I thought about how I wanted to start the sentence, and I didn't think about how I wanted to end it, which I've just done again. All right, sponsors, sponsors. Uh, OB20 gives you 20% off, and $5 goes towards his charity event, rolling around the clock for 24 hours for Are You OK charity for mental health. Uh, macro meals. We've got a discount code. If you want the discount code for macro meals, message me because I can't remember what it is. It's probably DCE something, but hey, message me. I'll get it to you. Uh, Jamu, macro meals, tiny sumo. If you like fight stuff, if you like people talking to, well, I would say local, uh, Australian promoters, but Mr. Tiny Sumo is worldwide mo- moving up in the world. He's talking to quite a few people, uh, at the highest level lately. There's a new one he's got. I won't spoil. I won't spoil it, but he told me the names. Hey, do you know this name? I'm like, fuck yeah, I know that name, bro. Everybody knows Conor McGregor. Exactly. That's not who it is, or is it? Check out Tiny Sumo. Uh, Robbie's Chop Shop. Why well, need a bloody haircut? So don't go to Robbie's Chop Shop. Otherwise, you're going to look like me. Because I need a haircut. That's science. Um, sense. Makes perfect sense. What else? That's Think, all. That's all the sponsors. Uh, today's podcast is with Dr. Kickass. That's his official official name. It's on the birth certificate. Um, no, it was a great chat. About halfway through, this is, hey, this is the, this is the question before where I, I, I started what I wanted to say and didn't know how to finish it. So take two. Let's see how we go. I, uh, about halfway through the podcast, I went, you know what? I wish I had written down a few more questions because, uh, such a knowledgeable guy. And, uh, I feel like we could have, well, I've, I at least could have asked him a few more of, I've got this pain. How do I fix it? Questions <laughs> just to piss him off. But no, great chat. Um, jiu-jitsu background, we we speak about uh, Gordon Ryan, uh, Ferguson, LCL. Yeah, if you want to see, yeah. see me look confused with a blank expression on my face for 10 minutes, yeah, um, yeah that's the first 10 minutes. I don't know what anyone was talking about. First 15, 20 minutes, yeah, I went super jiu-jitsu nerdy questions, and then I looked over and, and caught Jimmy Bang Bang's eye and went, you know what, let's make this a little bit more mainstream. So um, if, you, if you don't like the jiu-jitsu, my friend... Uh, maybe, 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 well, or, or listen and educate yourself. Yeah, learn something. Learn, learn something. I didn't. Learn something, something. Cool. Enjoy. Peace out. Bye. Shaka. I'll kiss you on the lips and take you to Italy. <laughs> that is a classic. Shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Anyway, no time for nonsense. Gotta get down to business. We're gonna get straight to the point. But no time for nonsense. No time for messing around, straight to the point. No time for fluffing about, just straight to it. Just straight to the point. Just gotta get on with it. Better not be honey with me, bro. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. I'm Peter Zane. Now, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you, from the depths of our twisted imaginations, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast. It doesn't make any sense. The Pirate no, Radio Podcast, podcast my friend. Such an injection. Yeah, that's what I want. Well, if I, I can just stop touching things, we can start doing that. <laughs> no, touch some stuff. Um, anyways, well, that was, a, that was a good segue into what we were talking about. So where did James, Dr. Kick go? Give me a five seconds and then do that again, please. Okay, now you start. <laughs> so I can edit it. Otherwise, it's going to be you running in, just running in from what you were talking about before. Right there. And we're live. <laughs> we Good go. segue. Good segue. We're talking. We're talking to Doctor Kickass at the moment. We're talking about Doctor Kickass. So I'm going to let you continue. Now that we now that I've stopped and started you four times, where did Doctor Kickass come from? Uh, so originally it was kind of a joke because um, I, uh, uh, I I was just thinking 
about like um, I started Instagram. You know, I, I was you know I, I had this idea about doing it for a little bit, and that was my old uh, Halo screen. <laughs> yeah. And it was actually originally it was Captain Kickass, and then once I finished and I got my doctor in physical therapy, I'm like now I'm doctor. Now Kick-Ass. I'm a doctor Kickass. So and, and then I, I just thought it was hilarious, and, and I didn't think that my Instagram was really going to catch on the way it did. So there it goes. And then you stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I stuck with it. It's right. It's, it's catchy. Exactly. The, the one thing I do worry about is like when I do talk to some like. Uh, medical professionals or physiotherapists that, like, are somewhat credible. And I'm like, hi, I'm Dr. Kick-Ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, a lot of times, like, people, they love it. They're like, that's such a great handle, so. I was going to say, I feel like it would be fairly well received. Like, 20 years ago, maybe not, but now you're pretty safe. I mean, I also think that, like, the crowd that I'm really reaching is, like, mixed martial arts. So, like, I, I feel like because then I get a little bit of leeway, like, if I was, like, Purely in the physical therapy or like medicine route, it might be a little different. Yeah. But like the people I'm talking to are a lot different. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're a different bunch. Exactly. A good bunch. A good bunch. Scallywags. So we probably should do a bit of an introduction. So we've kind of just launched in. I, I assume everyone just follows you on Instagram, but if not, do you mind giving us a bit of a background of like where you fit in? Wait, what you're, sure. You mentioned you've got your, your PhD. Sure. Yeah. So, well, my, my actual name is. Mike Bikarski. Uh, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. So um, in America, to practice all physical therapists by like 2011, I believe, from that point on, we're required to get their doctor of physical therapy. So I got my doctor of physical therapy. Um, I've been practicing for the last few years. But prior to that, I was a uh, professional mixed martial artist, um, trained a lot of jiu-jitsu, and then, um, you know, when I decided that wasn't the path I wanted to take long term, um, that's where I ended up here. Cool. So, what is the? Does that mean the same thing as it does here? So, like one of the guys I train with, he went to uni to become a PT, but most PTs in Australia do a six week online course and go around and tell people to lift weights. So, based on the content you have, I feel like it might mean something slightly different in America because you're breaking down the actual. Um, physiology side of things. Yeah. So you're you're more like rehab and, and fixing injuries. Is that where it fits yes. over there? So so I, I guess the equivalent of PT versus in um, so when, when I say PT, I mean physical therapist. Yeah, I guess in Australia, it's physiotherapist. Yeah, so I, I don't know what education is over there. Is it maybe a bachelor's degree right now? I, I think I'm getting um, yeah, you're I'm getting a physio. We call like a well, I think what you're you're doing, we call like a physio here. Yeah, that's yeah, physiotherapist. Yeah. yeah. Which maybe you do there, and I might just be a dumb. And then we've got PT, which is more like personal trainer, which is more just like that's just six, that's just six week course. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, yes. what you're doing is like a doc, like your yeah, Correct. like a medical degree. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So in, in America, a physio would be a physical therapist. Um, actually, the group of people that are trying to rebrand physical therapy into physio, like physios, just because there's this. Um, uh, Negative connotations sometimes with physical therapists, just like there's negative connotations with chiropractors. So some yeah. people are trying to rebrand rehab as physios, but it hasn't quite caught on yet. Yeah, it's caught on here. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that it is a, like you become a physiotherapist, whereas we have PTs, not personal trainers, 
um, physical therapists, which are like more to do with helping people return to work. And like, like if people have been in car accidents, like they, they branch off quite deep. Like Matt and I will go see a physiotherapist to get like work done on little bits and pieces. And then you've got physical therapists who generally work out of hospitals and stuff with, with yeah, like big rehab stuff. But I imagine they're similar. I imagine it's the same degree. It's just yeah. different branding for for where you're, helping where you're athletes versus yeah. helping. Yeah. yeah. God, we took a really long way. Made, made that very confusing. I feel, but hey, <laughs> now we know each well, other a little bit well, more. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> so I, I really like. I don't know how you popped up in my Instagram. Um, I just I really liked your graphics, um, which is probably why you've got the, the following you do. But it was probably only. It's probably only a month or two ago. Like I'm, I, was, I was looking at a few of your your graphics before I reached out to come on the podcast. But I don't know. That, did you like where do you get those graphics from? Do you create them yourself? Are they? They I don't know. There's something about them. They just kind of they they look good. And then I and then I read the text. Well, and that, that's really what I have to do. So essentially, like I use Instagram. Instagram really isn't meant for what I use it. Like yeah. The you know, but for me, I use it as a way to reach people just because. I have a website, but if you don't go to the website, you're not going to read the content. So yeah, yeah. Instagram gives me the opportunity to reach uh, a lot of people that I wouldn't. So I kind of have to take the subject and make it really, really, really specific. Um, and then I have to include some kind of cool graphic, which I make because, and I, I did this early on, like I put so, I would put like a week's worth of time into a post and then it was posted at the wrong time or the picture wasn't good. And yeah. Read it, so it didn't matter. And, and that was really, really frustrating. So um, I just, you know, just trial and error, I, I realized what got people to actually read the body, like, which is the whole goal. Yeah. Uh, so. It's it's rare. I think you and John Danaher is the only people that actually read the bio. <laughs> that's, that's high grade. Yeah. <laughs> well, his, his is based on name value. Yours is based on, oh, that's a pretty picture. And then I read it. I'm like, oh, this is good. Because there, there's, there's a lot of, um, obviously, as you'd know, there's a lot of... Uh, Bullshit out there. There's misinformation. A lot, of, a lot of people that don't really know what they're talking about, myself included. Like I don't really know what I'm talking about, but you, you're at least giving me information. I'm like, oh, I don't know that. Well, that's something that sounds interesting. I can look into that a bit more. Whereas most, most experts online, they're putting out information. I feel like I have the same level, and I'm not an expert. So that's that's always worrying. Uh, what I try to do, which gives me a little bit more credibility, is like when I do something where there's actually like scientific evidence, which is where I got my 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 thought process. Yeah. You know, I put I put a reference, which is also people I, I, I saw someone who made a comment like how crazy it was that they saw a Jiu Jitsu black belt uh, citing a reference with uh, APA formatting. It's like but that, that gives me a little bit more credibility. <laughs> you weren't you weren't just um, promoting the acai berries and saying this will fix everything. <laughs> So do you have a um, do you have a practice? Is it called is a practice? Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 Uh, so 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 I have a, I'm a staff PT, so I have a, a regular job. Um, see patients all sides. It's a sports physical therapy slash orthopedic uh, physical therapy place. So I mean, I see athletes, I see regular people too. Cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a weird a weirdly specific one. This is James is probably gonna be like, what's going on? Yeah. The. Okay. Because it's recent, the, I saw your Gordon Ryan post the other day um, with his yeah. LCL injury. Um, and I was going to take it, you're probably sick of talking about it, so I was going to take it a slightly different direction with um, 
Tony Ferguson had a similar injury, from what I understand. Um, and he came back, I suppose, from what I understand, he came back ridiculously fast. Um, and like the, the general consensus I've heard is that it's probably still fucked and he just fought through it. But watching that fight, he did take some shots to his leg that would, I would feel that if your LCL was still healing, that would have potentially re-ruptured or re-tore it. So is there, I don't know, just general commentary on that in, as someone who's an expert, does that, does it make, like, are people just freaks or is he, has he got magic? Has he got magic? That's what it is. I prescribe you one dose of magic. <laughs> so there's a lot of variables that come into play. So the first thing you have to realize when you're turning this sport is the physiology of the tissue that's healed. So yeah. ligaments don't heal as well as muscle, but they do heal. So LCL yeah. does have some ability. Um, a lot of ligaments will take several months to heal. Honestly, I'm looking with an LCL repair. So again, the thing to repair and reconstruct it. I'm not sure what they actually did. Yeah. Um, but either way, we're looking at about a six-month kind of turnaround. And I'm thinking not six months to return to competition. I'm think, thinking six months to get back to training. Yeah. Um, so for someone like Tony Ferguson, he did his in six months without anything. That was pretty crazy. But there, there's a few different factors that go into play. So he might have been strong. He might have had no pain. He might have had good mobility. But that doesn't mean that the ligament had the same integrity that it should. Yeah. So, uh, look, you know, more people more commonly hurt their ACLs or yeah. tear their ACLs. You know, some people are back to competition within six months when they found specific, specifically with the ACL. And I, and I say the ACL because ACL is a little bit more research. It's like for every month that you take to return to play, the retail rate drops like 50%. Yeah. So, you know, for like for ACL, I think there's research where really you should return to competition until maybe a year out. And I even read a paper where it was talking about you should return maybe for two years. But that's oh, yeah. Yeah. I would say that the, the, the safe bet would probably be about nine months. Yeah. LCL is a little bit different, but there's also other factors. So you can't just base, you know, I mean, and this is where I come to play as a, a physiotherapist, someone who's like a movement specialist. Yeah. Where we look where the ligament should be, which again, it should be, but then there's other factors. How strong is the leg? How strong is the quad, the hamstring? How good is your control, which helps control some of that lateral stability. So um, the LCL primarily resists uh, frontal plane motion or side-to-side motion. Yeah. So glutes help control where your knee is. Um, you know, how how good is your leg at generating power? Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about the return to sport for combat sports specifically, just because most of the return to sport criteria is based on, you know, like running sports. Like yeah. Running you know, like jiu-jitsu, MMA, kickboxing, it's slightly different. Yeah. Um, I don't have any research yet, just stuff that I've been kind of like thinking about in my head, like what do you need to return? Like, do you need to be able to cut? Kind of, but it, you're not, it's not like you're a soccer player or a football player, you're cutting constantly. Yeah. But you need to be able to do it. You know, so it's more about, you know, can you really uh, sustain the impact? Can you generate impact? How good, like if you're throwing a kick, how good if you're standing on the, surgically repaired leg, like, is, are you worried about it buckling, or what if, like, as you're throwing kicks, someone kicks you, is it going to be able to, you know, withstand that. that? So, there's a lot of factors that go into play, um, but specifically with Tony Ferguson, I, I, I would say he came back too early, but he himself said that he did the rehab himself, he didn't 
assault anybody. Yeah. Um, I, I also heard rumors that, uh, and this is rumors basically through, you know, Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. where, uh, Bravo talks. Have, like, That's where I get most of my information from, too, so. I, I think uh, Tony Ferguson did very little sparring. So yeah. it's kind of like, in that situation, like, he's a fighter, he knows how to fight, he just needs to make sure he's in shape, and, like, you know, he might have gone out there with not really done a lot of training and sparring. Um, he might have been done more technique-based, but, again, I, I don't know what he did. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I don't know if you, you want to ask me more questions specifically about Gordon Ryan. Um, yeah, but I suppose it's, it's, it's hard for, like... Uh, the, only, the only x-ray I've seen is the, the fake one where he's got the dick hanging in it. So I don't know if he's released any of uh, any actual things. So it's probably hard for you to speak too much about it without actually knowing the full extent of it. But uh, Well, I mean, Gordon Ryan, he posted stuff on Instagram. He said he posted his MRI results in a uh, uh, grade three LCL spray, which means it's completely torn. Yeah. And then he also had a uh, lateral hamstring tear that was bad, pretty bad. I don't know what the plan is because I'm not, you know, in his medical team, but I would imagine that they're going to need to surgically repair it. Yeah. Um, and in cases like him, the tricky thing is, so it's February. Obviously, for him, the big competition is going to be Abu Dhabi, which is, what, seven months away? Mm. Uh, seven to seven and a half months. So the really tricky thing is if I was him, I would try to get in ASAP, try to get that surgery so that theoretically, might be able to compete. Uh, even then, they still kind of quit, but we'd have to see how it goes. It's always, it's hard with, well, that's probably, you'd be uniquely placed to answer this. What about the impact on, like, the leg lock game on knee injuries? Like, would that, theoretically, you'd think that would extend the amount of time or increase the integrity you'd need to have of it? Do you think that's a factor, or? Well, I mean, that is need to think about, but like, you're only getting your, ligament strained if you're in a submission and you tap late. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, if, like, you're just playing the leg lock game. I mean, LCL's a little bit different because there's certain positions in jiu-jitsu that might put a little bit of strain. Yeah. Um, they're more key-oriented, though, like a lot of, like, standard daily game, standard lasso. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, Gordon Ryan's not really a key guy anyway, so he might not be doing all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, he wouldn't need that for Abu Dhabi. But again, if, let's say, like, he, he's in a heel of, you know, but also for him, like, you know, that's his Olympics. He might go in there, you know, just saying, like, he might bruise LCL again, but that's his Olympics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit happens, yeah. Shit happens, so. I get you. Um, I might take a bit more. I, I, we probably got a bit jiu-jitsu nerdy there. Oh, I'm, so so lost. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, I, I know what some of these words mean. <laughs> I know what ligaments are. I hurt them. <laughs> so what about, um, like, just more... Uh, Basic advice. So really, like for me, I've had a, a hip injury that's just starting probably a year and a half now. I've just started on top of it. Um, and I reckon it came from a injury I had when I was 17 that I never rehabbed, so 14 years ago. And it, like, it took that long. So it's probably really in the last two to three years that I've – my interest, maybe it's turning 30, getting a bit older. I'm like, oh, I probably should start doing my – rehab exercise, all, all the stuff that, you know, actually warming up, cooling down, all the shit that I never used to do. It used to be just like slap hands and start training or, you know, no warm-up sets. Is there any, like, is there any just general advice for maybe maybe the, the, the more novice people out there in terms of their mobility or, like, what's your opinion on, on standard mobility practices for people at all? Like, are we all, 
are we all a bit fucked, or is it something we can we can work on? Uh, well, I, I do definitely think that there's there's something called prehab, which is things that you can do to prepare your body, especially if you're doing jujitsu, wrestling. Yeah. You know, just life. You know, so uh, I, I do. I have a mobility routine that I got from uh, functional range conditioning. Um, essentially, there's there's the movements called controlled articular rotations. Um, so to, to to really quickly break them down, yeah, they're full hit. They're they're isolated joint motions in your full available pain free range. The idea is, is if you move a joint in its full available range, it, it's almost like you're flossing that joint. Yeah. Right? So a lot of times people lose range of motion not because they're getting older, it's because they're not using their body. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the problem is with the 21st century, most people go from sitting to standing, sitting to standing, sitting to standing. If you're not doing, like, jiu-jitsu or Muay Thai or, like, really any kind of athletic activity, there's so much... Um, Movements that your body would be able to generate that you don't use. Yeah. You know, like putting your arm overhead and doing something like this, same thing with your hip. Um, that's why, like, if you look at, like, in Asia, you know, where, where, you know, because of the way that they go to the bathroom, like, they get, you know, someone in their 80s and 90s yeah. squat all the way down. Here, you know, you ask people to squat to the chair and they're, they're in pain. Yeah. That shouldn't be the case. Just because they don't use the range of motion. So, uh, I think are a really good way is just basic mobility training. Mm. Uh, that also gives you an idea of, like, let's say, like, something isn't moving that well, that gives you an indication of maybe you have to move or take something else into consideration. So that's the thing that I have is you see people like, who do you stretch? Well, the problem with stretching is you want to get to get better mobility first and to get better flexibility. So yep. flexibility is passive mobility. Active mobility is built actively use the range. If, if you don't have the passive mobility, you cannot develop the active mobility. Um, so stretching, because the problem is people don't really know what to stretch. So they're like, yep. okay, well, I should stretch. What do I stretch? I'll stretch my hamstring. I'll stretch my shoulder. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't know why they're doing it. You know, so let's say you're stretching your hamstring, and I've seen people do this. Like, oh, my hamstring's really tight. They take their leg and bring it all the way to their head. Like, you do not need to stretch your hamstring. Yeah. That's already pretty good. There's <laughs> other things that you should spend your time on. So, you know, and this is something that I have to deal with a lot in the, the rehab world is I'm going to give people homework. Now, how much homework are you really going to do each day to address your body? Yeah. So you guys have both been busy. You know, how, how much time a day are you really putting towards your exercises? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I do, I do about <laughs> 10 minutes a day, but that's because I was stopping, it was stopping me from training. Like, that's literally just for the last three months. Before that, so, zero. <laughs> That's a perfect example. So for me, I want to give someone 10 minutes of homework a day because I feel like five to 10 minutes, if I say, can you do 10 minutes? Like, really, if you say no, yeah. like, then I'd be like, I can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. So what I really try to do is I try to boil it down to what is the most important thing that that person needs to do at that time. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, like, I, I don't know how it is in Australia, but like I, I've seen a lot of physical therapists that give these people these sheets of exercises. And there's like 12, 14 exercises. And they're like, they're not, and they're not, they get so overwhelmed, they don't do any of them. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, I'd rather give you two exercises that you do literally every day, yeah. all the day. You know what I mean? So I try to keep it as simple as possible to help you with your, you know, the bang for your buck. Um, so again, mobility is a good, easy thing. Like, I can do my, my control articular rotation routine. Probably takes me about four to five minutes a day. Um, you know, and then there's other just other strengthening things that I do because, 
research shows that just general strengthening is one of the best things you can do to over uh, to to minimize overuse injuries. Yeah. Which kind of gets back to what you were saying. Were you an injury from 14 years ago? You never addressed it. It got worse and worse and worse, and now you have to address it. Yeah. You know, so I, I think a lot of what we have to do with uh, patients is educate them when you need to address something, when you need to go in to see someone, and maybe you can wait because, you know, the longer you wait for something to be addressed, the longer it's going to take for it to go away. Yeah, you know? yeah. So if, like, someone comes in, and, you know, like they have double pain in, they just acute flare up. I, if I can manage that one or two sessions, cool. Then they're done. They don't have to come back. Yeah. As opposed to, I've been dealing with this issue for 10 years. Well, it's going to take a while for me to help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, isn't, isn't a quick fix when you've been sitting on hmm. it for that long. Yeah. Well, I found with myself, I had to, uh, like, mine was almost like a choose your own adventure. It was like the, the pain was moving because it was probably a, a third or fourth spot. So as we fixed one, the pain moved yeah. to somewhere else, to somewhere else, to somewhere else. And, my, my exercises kept changing to fix the next muscle weakness and imbalance. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think if, if people, you know, and again, I'm biased. This is what I do for a living, but I feel like it, it's good general body practice to, like, take care of your body. You yeah. Be, like, you know, I see some of these people, like, when they're in their 60s and their 70s, and they're sedentary and they don't really do anything. Like, I don't want to tell them that they're fucked. But <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like they haven't done anything. Do you know how much work you have to do to undo this at this point? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the best thing to do would be, like, tell someone when they're 16, do these exercises. The yeah. problem is when you're 16, you don't care. you're invincible, you yeah. don't finish it. Yeah. So, you know, so it's usually, so, so I started noticing my body started getting hurt a little bit more. I was, like, 32. So you're 30, you started noticing. I turned 32 in two weeks. Yeah, that was, it's been, like, the last year or so I've noticed it. So I, I would say that's when I started kind of changing how I, manage myself. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still get hurt all the time. I just sort of know how to fix myself so then, you know, something else hurts. Yeah. yeah. And you, there's like, there's good pain and bad pain or there's, you know, that'll go away in a couple of days. That, that's, like, that's a problem. Yeah, that's you, different. You, you, yeah. le- you learn to identify what the problem yeah, is. Exactly. You know, a lot of that too is like me educating patients. Like there's people that like they've never worked out. They're like, well, my body's sore. I'm like, that's good. That means you're getting stronger. Yeah. But there's other people who are like, this feels weird. I'm like, okay, that's not good. Yeah. yeah. That's you a know? problem. So, and then you have those athletes that they're told, I, I hate the phrase, no pain, no gain, because they're just like burying themselves and they're making things so much worse. Mm. When it's like, that phrase, I think it was, this is my interpretation, is that, you know, like when you're an athlete, to be an athlete, it's hard. So the coach is like, it's going to be hard. You have to make yourself uncomfortable. Yeah. People didn't want to do that. And they they felt, felt it was pain. So like, that, that was kind of the translation. Yeah. I, yeah. I got forced where now things have to be hurt. And I'm like, no, they don't have to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. No pain, no gain. It's like, it's not going to be easy. Not, you have to, not, you're not doing it right if you're not physically hurting yourself. Like that's, yes. yeah. Exactly. It's one of those hard things. Like I've had this conversation with other coaches before. It's a hard one because there's some people that they're just lazy mm. and you need to push them to do work. Yeah. And then there's other people which generally turn into your professional athletes or your athletes. Not always. There's some lazy athletes. But they're the ones where the coach's role is to tell them to slow down. Um, yeah. And, like, that's one of the keys as a coach is knowing where, like, which person do I need to tell don't kill yourself yeah. and which person do I need to say go and do 10 burpees yeah. and finish the round stop being lazy. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, and then just like, you know, obviously a coach just recognized the person. Yeah. Do you find it's getting better now with younger athletes? Like I, we've spoken about it before in some more specific sports over here, but I think through, through like social media, through what you're doing and like information technology as a whole, uh, younger people are becoming a lot more aware of like all sorts of different, um, health benefits, I guess. Like mental health is obviously a big one, but physical health, um, like, you know, you, you were saying it took to you till about 32. It'd be the same for both of us. Um, you know, where it got to the point where it's like, oh, things are hurting enough that I can't do what I want to do unless I fix this now. Like, are you finding that age is getting younger or am I just perceiving that? Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily getting younger. I mean, maybe it is. Um, but the, the thing I also worry about is, um, I, mean, I know Australia, the weather's pretty nice there. Yeah. yeah. Um, because of that, and I don't know if you feel this, but there's a lot of youth athletes that specialize early. Um, yeah, yeah. What they, what they found is that because um, I'm initially from the East Coast in the United States, where there's there's seasons and there's snows, you really can't play a sport year round. Yeah. Um, but again, Australia might be a little bit different. I'm in, I'm in California now, so it's a little bit different. We're, we're pretty similar to California here. Yeah, in Adelaide. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the problem they're finding athletes specialize too early, one, they don't find that they actually get better at this sport significantly. Yeah. Two, they, they impair the person's ability for uh, motor or movement development or movement variability, which improves your ability to become an athlete. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then they develop more overuse injuries. So I would say maybe people are getting more aware, but I also feel like maybe people are getting hurt earlier. Earlier, okay. Yeah, yeah it makes so, sense. Do you, do you think it's worse in the martial arts community in particular? Like, oh, like we, I've had this conversation with people here um, and like, well, this, this person went to the Olympics for judo and they were talking about like the martial arts community and then they were talking about the local footy team. Like you play for a, for a local footy team, like a recreational thing. Yeah. And he'll have massage therapists, physios, you know, they all get taped up, they all get, they all get ready to go. And then I've got, I'll go down the gym and I'm working with, you know, pro- professional MMA fighters and they're like, oh, yeah, I just, I just put the glove on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, when, when I, I think our club's better than most, but I'm just talking about in general. People, there's a lot of more hey, like, ah, oh, you know, just, just, just sticky tape it up and get back in there. You like, wear mouth guards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would say what hurts martial artists is the fact that there's no, because there's no seasons. So, again, like, I don't know if Australia, if they do things a little bit different, like, again, in America, certain sports have different seasons. Yeah, no, we've got that here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I feel like it, if you do martial arts, there's literally no season. Like, it's yeah. just whatever you can. Yeah. So, people train themselves more and more and more and more. They never let their body heal. So, yeah. I think that's a, a problem with martial artists. Um, you know, is it more than other athletes? Again, it's hard to say. I'd say that the fact that there's no seasons Someone's just kicking you in the leg, yeah. Like, like my body hurts so bad when I do Muay Thai. It just doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't do something else. Then I got to wrestle. 
hot pot. You know, just so I, I would say that that's some of the things that obviously make it harder for martial artists. Yeah. What? How did you get started in martial? Like, what what martial art did you start with? Uh, well, so when I was a kid, I was like, I was wanting to do martial arts, but like, I never really stuck with it. Um, I, I started Japanese jiu-jitsu. I did about like three months of it, and then um, I had a, a knee dislocation. So that kind of took me out for two years, and then by the time I got to college, and I was like, all right, well, I, I want to get back into something. And, and, and I did jujitsu. Like, literally, I made it three months of it. I was yeah. terrible at it. I, it was, and I wouldn't even use Japanese jiu-jitsu right now. Um, so I found Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm like, all right, well, that might be close to what I'm doing. I remember, like, the first day, it, like, blew my mind. Because I remember I was, like, trying to, like, throw somebody. We never did, like, you know, live sparring. Yeah. In, in Japanese jiu-jitsu. So I'm, like, trying to throw someone. And it did not work. And I got guillotined about ten times. <laughs> exaggeration. Literally, I got guillotined ten times. Yeah. And I was like, I actually feel like I'm going to learn something that I can use because I can feel it. Yeah. Of life training. Um, so I started with jiu-jitsu, but again, it was like, you know, it was in college or, or uni, as you guys would say. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, it was a bunch of white belts, so it was, it was terrible. And I'm, I'm really lucky I didn't get more fucked up than I did. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, one, I think it was a, a summer break, I came home and, and I was looking for a gym. I had saved up a little bit of money. And so I started training jiu-jitsu. Graduate college, you know, at this point, all I wanted to do was jiu so I think it was like a blue belt. And like my coach at the time, he was transitioning to uh, being a pro of a May fighter. And this was like, I think, 2006 and 2007. So at the time where it was, we didn't have like an amateur or like league like they do yeah. now. So he pretty much went like, he was a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, and he's like, I got to fight. Like there was no amateur, there's no work yeah. for it. It's a big lucky dip. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you get the dude that's had forty Muay Thai fights. Sometimes you get the dude that's watched a few UFCs and wants to get in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I ended up being one of his main training partners. At one point, he's like, "Do you want to fight?" And I never even thought that I could do that. It was just like it was never in my head. Like, do we want to fight? So, like, okay, like I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So I go. I uh, I lost my first fight because I was primarily just a blue belt, no wrestling, no striking. But I was like, but I, I it wasn't like I got my ass kicked. I just lost. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is what I'm going to do. So then, like, I kind of, like, took it a little bit smarter, where I actually took, like, a year. I was dealing with a lot of injuries, but I took a year of just, like, training, like, striking. I took a few Muay Thai fights, so I was more confident in my hands. Yeah. Which, then once I go back to actually MMA, I still just want to grapple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Theory was, was good, you know, like, focusing on kickboxing, boxing, Muay Thai. Um, then I took a few more MMA fights, um, and then uh, what happened was, I, I had my pro fight, I won, you know, I got like $500 in a broken nose, but I still wouldn't go about it, you know? Yeah. And then I was supposed to have a second fight, and at this point, all the medicals were covered, so it was actually could've, I could have made a little bit of money. Yeah. But then, yeah, the promoter didn't get his license, like, eight days before the event, so, like, I'm getting eight days, you know, I'm like, I'm about to start my weight cut, and then, like, yeah, the, the fight's not happening because the motor couldn't get licensed in the state. Oh. So, at least, uh, you, at least that happened before you did your cut. It was like seven weeks into camp or Yeah, longer. that would be for oh. It's like Luke, Luke's last fight. Yeah. When one of our friends who came over from, he flew over here for a fight and the fight got cancelled on the night. So he'd gone through the whole like camp, weigh-in, got there, and then the dude had to be taken to hospital. It was, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Uh, he wasn't fighting uh, Whitaker. No. Just pointing out. Yeah, yeah, true. 
So, yeah, that, that's pretty much how things went with me, with, with how I started. And when did you, um, when, when did you give it up? Were you still fighting or did you transition? Uh, so, so pretty much after that, I was like, I was like, I was getting ready for my pro fight, but I was already thinking like, you know what, this probably isn't going to be a good long-term career because the people <laughs> who can make it to, to, you know, like actually make a living, one, you have to get to the UFC pretty much. Like, yeah. I mean, there's like these rare people that can do other things. You have to get to the UFC and then. I remember I used to train with some UFC fighters, and they were like entry level UFC fighters. Like they're not really doing that good financially. Yeah. And then just, that's if I could get into the UFC, to be to the UFC, to get to the UFC, you have to be a, uh, pretty much a very very high level athlete. You have to be very very dedicated. Yeah. I felt that I was very dedicated. I, I'm not a good natural athlete. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, you know what, like, you know, again, either get the UFC. To get the UFC, you pretty much have to take like a lot of short night, short notice fights. You have to, you know, it, it's almost like you can't just be a tough guy to get the UFC. You have to be tough, but it's, it's strategic. Yeah. yeah, you have to pick the right fights. You have to be try to be undefeated. That's how you're really going to get noticed. Yeah. So I never really wanted to stop fighting. I just figured uh, I needed to have like a more serious backup plan. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I go, I, you know, I applied to the UFC. I get in, and then I was like, okay, well, me to actually train for a fight isn't going to happen because I have to study. Yeah. Uh, I was still able to actually, I mean, I still was barely active in training jiu-jitsu. Like, I could still probably do three to four sessions a week. So it wasn't like I wasn't training. It just wasn't enough. It's, it's not enough to fight, yeah. You know, and that's the thing. is like, even nowadays, people are like, do you want to fight? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and I, and I train with a bunch of fighters. Problem is, if I'm not going to be all in, I don't know if it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. End up hurt. I know, I know exactly what you mean. You, you need to, um, you need to really want to do it for non-financial reasons. Really, like if you're yeah. trying to, you need to, have, like you have that in you, um, yeah. or you don't have that in you. I don't know. I don't know if you can build it into you. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to work that out of my head because I always say that you've got to have that mongrel. I use different words, but hey, this <laughs> mum might be listening. But yeah, you've got you've got to have that in you. Um, yeah. if you want to do it, like you know, you, you're not doing it to get rich and famous. Like that's a secondary thing. That's that's yeah. that's dessert. That's that's the cherry on top. But if yeah, if you don't want to do it, then it it you're, you're making the smart decision because there's a lot of people that don't really want to do it but aren't honest with themselves. Yeah, totally and they just kind of do it anyway. Um, yeah. to mixed results. Yeah, but I mean, on top of that, not only do you have to really want to do it, like I'm in a situation where. You know, I have a fiance, I got a job, like, I yep. have a lot, all this stuff going on. Yep. So it's like, even if, like, I really want to do it, can I put in the time to do it correctly? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can go in and I can say I really want to do it, I'm tricking, but if I'm not training enough and, and doing what I'm supposed to, I can get my face broken and then I yeah. just look like an idiot. So, you know, it's one of those things where if I'm going to compete, I can feel like I'm going to, like, I can win. If I can't win, then... What's the point? Know, What's the point, yeah. I, I I get you. I, I had I had a I had a similar similar experience. I get you hundred percent. It's like if I'm if if I'm not going if I'm not going to be the world the world champion, then yeah. what? Why why have two or three fights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but, but that doesn't mean like I still like to compete in jiu jitsu. Yeah. Something where if let's say I don't do well in jiu jitsu, it's like not too critical. Like, yeah. Like, I just look silly, but. Uh, you know, unless something catastrophic happens, like I'm not going to get like my face broken. Yeah. So, you know, 
that that's something where I can still be, you know, competitive. I can still do the athlete thing, but I don't really worry about uh, like risking my like long term. Yeah, like getting yeah. your brain rattled over and over again. But yeah. it's like essentially, when it boils down to like how yeah, getting hit in the head. But it's the, it's the long term permanent damage is the problem. You know, even worst case scenario, you, I don't know you do your ACL or something, you know, jujitsu comp. In yeah. a year's time, you're gonna be okay again. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, you get kicked in the head and concussed enough times, you know, or get your joy. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting that you brought that up. I, I'm just reading something about Benerly Silva. He was at some conference and they're talking about CTE, and there was like t- ten signs of CTE, and he said he like ate them. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, if you've seen Benerly Silva fight, like he's, you know, this berserker. Yeah. So it's kind of makes sense if someone's going to have CTE. Like I can see him having CTE. Yeah. You know, and he, even he saying he's like, you know, I'm like you're going to be a young fighter. Like try not to get hit in the head every day. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, like I wonder how that'll change with like training practices as well. Because from what I, I, I never fought. I mean, never, I never trained at his gym. But from what by all reports, they were they were going hard every day, um, trying to trying to kill each other. So. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how the um, the new protocols for training will impact that as well. What's C- C- yeah, C- CT? CT brain trauma, when, essentially. When, when Shoebox and Militich were coming around, like not only were they training every day, but they were like trying to knock each other out every day. Yeah, you know. So, you know, that, so then it's like, like you said, the new practices. Well, how how are young fighters? How should they be training? Should you be sparring mm. like once a week, twice a week? You know, once every yeah. other week. I don't know what the right answer is. And, and it's hard because um, there's longevity versus performance because there's certainly, and I don't know what the, the ultimate answer is, but there's certainly an argument to be made that trying to knock each other out every day is a good way to get good very quickly. Mm. As long as you're doing the skills work and you're not training bad habits, but like you're doing, you know, if you, if you want to go and get the best at sprinting, you're going, like, you have your protocol around doing lots of sprinting, lots of, lots of live practice of what you're planning to do. So by sacrificing and only doing sparring once a week, that's minimizing the amount of time you're getting live experience. Now that might be worth it. So by the time you've had three fights, you can still sprint, get yeah. hit. Yeah. You, can, yeah. Like, you know, you're not breaking your feet in the process, but it's, it's a, it's a tough one. I, I go back and forth in terms of sparring. Would you, you would, well, I guess it'd be more sort of like the holistic or like the, the approach to the whole thing though, wouldn't it? So if you were looking at like sprinting, for example, I imagine, it'd have a similar, like obviously different um, negative connotation. But if you were training to be a sprinter, you wouldn't just sprint every day. You would do like all of your unilateral movement. Like you do all of those specific different exercises in, like you would still do sprinting, but you would do all the other supplementary exercises to, to make you the fastest sprinter possible instead of just sprinting every day. Cause, cause yeah, you're going to like your muscles will seize up. You break your feet or whatever. Like I imagine, I imagine that's already the mindset behind some sports, whether whether it's just bringing martial arts in line with with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think that's the way it is going. Like, my sister, she's a marathon runner, and, and she keeps getting hurt. I'm like, you need to be doing other things. You can't just run. Yeah. And I think running is probably similar to martial arts, where they just want to do the activity. Just yeah. go. Yeah, don't yeah. think, just go. Yeah. <laughs> so, not, not trying to be the best at exercising. Yeah, so... You know, I, I, I am very interested now with the UFCPI because I think they're doing a lot of information. They're going to collect a lot of data. Maybe in like five, ten years, we're going to kind of 
better idea of how to go about this. Yeah, and, and, so, and it's interesting because it's a bit of a race as well because there's, again, I'm getting way too much information from Joe Rogan. From Joe Rogan. <laughs> but, like, even just medicinal or supplement stuff that can help. Um, yeah. You know, and we'll, 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 like, I mean, my prediction is we'll get, we'll get everything downright perfect, we'll figure it all out, and then we'll have a magic injection that fixes you or we'll have a video game where you can just kind of do it live with no damage to your body. Like just, just as we figure it out, we'll change the game. What's your take on supplements out of interest? Uh, what, what, when you say supplements, what do you mean? Just like, like dietary supplements? Or? Anything. Pick a su- uh, uh, more The more interesting, the more obscure, the better. You mean like, are you talking about like performance-enhancing supplements or like... Legal. Yeah, legal. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think he means stuff that isn't steroids. I think he's talking yeah, about, anything yeah. that's not steroids. Like, you know, like, you know, crushing up. Yeah, the weirder the better. I like weird shit. I mean, I think with supplements, it really comes down to, I mean, and this just comes, like, I think a lot, of, you know, when it comes to, when people come to me and they ask, like, an injury thing, like, I can't give them a question. I have to assess them. I think it's the same thing with supplements. Like, yeah. where is your deficit? You yeah. Know, like, you know, I would say people should first start, the most, the biggest three, biggest things that people need to do is proper nutrition, sleep, load management. Yeah. Everything yeah. else is kind of like, you know, like, that should be, like, 80% of what you do. If, like, if you're not getting good nutrition, then having some kind of, like, fancy creatine or BCA is not going to It's not going to help, yeah. yeah. It, it should be, like, okay, your nutrition is perfect, you're sleeping, you're very carefully loading up, you're still sore. Okay, what can you do? Yeah. And, and that's kind of where I think of when it comes to supplements. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? There's a exercise physiologist... Andy Galvin, he, he talked a lot. Uh, he's been on a few podcasts. And he talks about, he makes sure, like, everything's good at the right time, but you have to check the, you know, I mean, you have to check the person. Yeah. So there might be something like fish oil, they'll give to someone at some point, but that doesn't mean they'll keep them on forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's really the way things should go uh, in the future is, again, for supplements, filling in a gap. You know, I would like for things to be a little bit more scientific. I mean, I, I'm not scientific towards myself, but I mean, I really think that what I should do is get a bunch of tests, see what I need, and see if I can mm. fill in whatever holes. Yeah, I've I've just got. It's funny you mentioned that. I've I've written a few notes in my phone from these companies that um, there's one I think that does a full allergy screen, which I can't remember their name and I won't promote. That's why I wrote them in my in my phone. And the, and there's one that I think does your blood tests and basically does because. I think you can like you can go to the doctors and get a blood test and they'll do they'll screen for different things. This is this is apparently this one screens for everything, ever. Regard like you know from the completely woo woo to the down to it, but they keep it on file. So you get a you send them you send them some blood I assume through the mail, which sounds a bit <laughs> creepy now I think about it. But then you've got like then it's linked to an app, so you basically can track your levels and get long term data across yourself. Completely off on a tangent, but it's it, you you you, you yeah. jog my memory because that's what I was thinking about the other day. I've just bought a magic ring apparently that, that measures my heart rate as well. So has that got here yet? No, it's finally been shipped. I, I ordered it. Shout, shout out to Aura. I ordered it, <laughs> I ordered it in like August and didn't realize they were a Kickstarter. So it was a little bit of a little bit of a delay, but that let, let's meet in the middle and say that was a miscommunication. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the blood testing is a good idea. I, I go to my uh, physician, I'm like, I want to get my blood test, you know, I turn 30. And yeah. I'm like, and they're like, what do you want to get? I'm like, I don't know, like, you know, 
Because I, I, didn't, I didn't do the research of what I needed to get done. Yeah. And he's like, I'm like, can I get this? He's like, why do you want that? And it's like, come on, man. Just I want to just make sure I'm healthy. But like, he wouldn't do the test. He wouldn't do it unless like I had a good reason why. I was kind of frustrated. Yeah, I had a similar experience because it's the same thing. Like, I'm scared of needles. Like, I hate blood tests. I've had, the only blood test I've ever had was, like, pre-fight screening. Yeah. And I had to lay down afterwards. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I was the same thing. It was very recently. I'm like, oh, I need to – like, I want to get a blood test. Like, can I just get everything? And it was the same type of experience. Like, I'll do, I'll do this and this because I think this might be beneficial. But, you know, yeah. essentially, unless you've got a good reason, no. Um, which is interesting because in my mind, I'm like, it's already weird that I've asked, like normally I'll stay away from the doctor unless I absolutely have to. But the fact that I've pro- proactively asked for something, I feel like that's enough. Like, are, the, are these tests expensive? Like why, why, why are you reluctant to get this? Like I feel like more information would be better. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like I feel like medicine should be more proactive. Mm. Like what can I do to help myself so I don't need medicine which is going to cost you money? Yes. I don't know how it is in Australia. In America, it's it's pretty fucked up because like the, the pharmaceutical companies kind of control everything, and you know, you know, the, the people get you know addicted to these chronic pain meds. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's terrible. And then you try to get them off. And, uh, yeah. So uh, I think the proactive approach would be better. I wish that uh, you know our government supported. You see, like, again, it's, I'm trying to um, – I agree with you, and it's only recently that I've realized that I don't necessarily do that with myself because um, that's kind of been my – I don't do New Year's resolutions, but that's kind of been my focus for this year. It's like, all right, well, I per- I agree. Like, it, should be, it should be preventative, not wait until you're broken. Yeah. And then everything I do about my mindset is, like, just ignore it and hope it goes away. So uh, we'll, see, we'll, see if I, we'll see if I get brave enough to get one of these blood tests yeah. and send it away. Yeah, but see, I, that, I go, I go. My GP, maybe it's just the your doctor. Like I went, I think it just depends. Yeah, yeah, because I went in and I, because and I, it's, I didn't ask for anything specific, but I go every like first week of January is my my week that I go in. I just went into the doctor. I'm like, oh, I want my health checkup, and he's like, yep, yeah, no worries. And when the nurse went to took the take the blood, she was like, whoa, I'm like what? She's like, we're draining you. I'm just like, ah, oh, what's he testing for? She's like, everything. I'm like, ah. Cool. Okay. Like that's that is what I asked for, but um, yeah. Whereas my like my doctor didn't even question it. He ju- I just said I want to get a health checkup because it's the beginning of the year, and he just yeah, he obviously went nuts. Do you have a like? Do you know your doctor's first name? Yeah, that's probably what it is. Okay. I just go. I just yeah. go to a place. Yeah, you have no. a doctor. I go to a medical center. Yeah. No, I go to the same doctor. Yeah. I used to just flit around, but this one, yeah, they seem they're pretty cool. He's a uh, yeah, Doctor Lath. Yeah. He's a lad. <laughs> he shook my hand this time because so I normally don't touch her. I remember I found out. Well, he's got a blood test. He knows you don't have anything. <laughs> That's probably it. You know how I bought like like my my Cairo, my physio, both shake. Well, we'll always yeah. shake my hand when I get to their office. But the doctor notoriously, and I don't blame him, never shakes my hand. And he, the other yeah, last time I went in, I noticed he did. He was like, okay, well, I shook my hand. I was like, ah, oh. oh, there you go. Well, I had the I had the opposite. I went like. I, I had a staph infection. I knew I had a staph infection before I went there. Well, oh, this is months ago. Oh. But I went in. I'm like, hey, I've got a staph infection on my arm. Can I have some antibiotics? Like, I, you know, I want to be. I want to get this cleared up so I don't infect anyone. And the dude just like no gloves, just starts like touching it. I'm like, that's uh, 
That's a that's a bold strategy, Doctor. Yeah, I would, I would okay. have I would put some gloves on at least. But hey, man, comes back in a hazmat suit. Yeah. Like, where's the rash? Like the lady who makes my sushi puts gloves on. But hey, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to touch this skin infection, go nuts. <laughs> Hopefully, she's not touching skin infections though. She just makes sushi. Oh well, we we've derailed this. this. We lasted longer than we normally do. Yeah, this, this is, is this is the longest we've ever had sensible conversation on a podcast ever. <laughs> so is there? So is there anything, like, I suppose, I can't think of any generic questions to ask. Is there anything that, what's a, what's a question do you normally get asked? You normally get lots of dumb questions, I imagine. Do you get? Well, it, it's more, I mean, it's kind of alluded to it earlier, but, like, a lot of times people are like, I have this injury. Yeah. What do I do? It's like, well, what, legally, I don't want to give you medical advice. <laughs> Let's say I give you medical advice, and you don't sign any paperwork, you don't pay me money. Then you could be like, oh, that guy told me this. So yeah. That, well, the second thing is, they, there's so many different variables. I got to the point like you can even see things online. People like shoulder pain, do this. It's such a like a shitty thing to do. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times people are like, oh, I hurt my back. This is what you do, you know. So yeah. So, so how the fuck do you? Yeah. How do you know what's wrong with his back? Yeah. Exactly. You know, so like you know, I, I had a this guy come to me after training. He's like, oh, my shoulder's bothering me. Blah blah blah. Like, kind of tells me what's going on. And, you know, he's seeing a physio, and he's like, it's not getting any better. I was like, well, if you want, you can book an appointment with me, and we can talk about it. You know, so he's like, okay, maybe I'll take it up on it. You know, so today I'm training, and I see him paired up with this guy, and this guy is, like, giving him, like, advice. You know, I, I, don't, even, I don't know who this other guy is. Like, it sounded like he's probably like, I had something similar, this is what I did. Yeah, yeah. science. So yeah. The, the, the guy came to me, and he was like, well, I think I missed. It sounded like he was... I said tendonitis. Yeah. Again, I, I have to rule out a whole bunch of things. One, two, think that is that. Yeah. And then I have to think that's, that just tells me what tissue is irritated. Yeah. And I have to come up with why is it irritated. Yeah. Again, is it load? Did you hold onto an armbar too long? Exactly. Yeah. But then other things that could have made it worse, like potentially the position of the scapula or his rotator cuff weak. Is it even the bicep? Like, could it be coming from his neck? Because a lot of times, yeah, this is stuff that I'm ruling out. Yeah. I'm make sure it's not cancer. It's not like a nerve thing. You know, so this one guy who's giving him advice, he's giving him this stretch, which might be good. Yeah. But the problem is if the guy does the stretch wrong, he's going to compress the bicep tendon. Well, so he's doing this stretch to help his, his shoulder pain. But now he's actually just pissing off the tissue that's already pissed off. Yeah. It's going to make things so much worse. So that's why I don't like giving advice until they come see me because again I'd be like okay well do this um, uh, you know do this so um, yeah that's why when you go to the physio and they're like look up look down look left look right they're like touch things and make you do all this it's like, I'm sure there's a reason you're doing it it's not just to look at us and laugh because we're making stupid hand gestures exactly. yeah or maybe you are maybe you're just a big big group of practical jokers <laughs> let's trick society do you find it's better like because that almost is a bit of an extension of the whole social media you know you, you see that with you know, there's a lot of photos of girls bums with their personal trainers yeah. for some reason like you see a lot of that I want Fitness that model. Tell, tell me what to do generic advice yeah. what should I do, do yeah do you find it's got worse over the last couple of years or is it just kind of uh, well I feel like I mean I feel like and social media and just like Google or Wikipedia or, yeah. you know, whatever generic information people want to find out. You know, so there's a lot of information out there. So people can find 
find the correct information. The problem is you just like sift through all the shit. Yeah. yeah. Something out there that's irrelevant. You know. So so back to someone has back pain. You know, there's so many different factors that could come into play. So they go to Google. Like, how do I get rid of back pain? Oh, back pain's because of tight hamstrings. <laughs> it could be nothing to do with that. Yeah. It could be. Then you would think, okay, well, what if it's like a, a, an irritated nerve? So they think they're stretching their hamstrings. All they're doing is they're stretching that irritated sciatic nerve and getting it more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel with technology information, uh, it's good, but I, you still need those specialists, the experts, to kind of say, okay, this is what you really need. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the same thing, like sometimes what people give me isn't bad advice, but it's not necessarily good advice. Yeah. So now we through. If, if I give you homework, okay, I'm giving you these exercises to do. You might do five to ten minutes of work. So there's other exercises that aren't bad, but they're not really helpful. So you're doing all these exercises that aren't really going to help you. Yeah. But they're not going to hurt you. You know what I mean? So they're that's just wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I need to make sure you're doing exactly what you need to do, as opposed to doing something that might help, but might not. Fair enough. What's yeah. your... um? What's your opinion on for like a? Uh, I've got this problem. My no, back no, 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 no. Yeah, my back hurts. Tell me how to fix it. No, um, lightweight, high repetition um, strength exercises versus low rep, high weight for for so, for, for, for like an active sport. Okay, so it depends on what you have to do. Yeah. Uh, for me, a lot of times the high Intensity, low rep is a good way to build maximal strength. So if, let's say, I come, an athlete comes to me and they're not very strong, they're not very fast, they don't good endurance, they're not explosive, I still have to build their maximal strength first. Yeah. So if you don't have a good mix, like you can't make someone more explosive than weak as shit. So i got to make them, give them a base. Yeah. But then, but then, so now there's a side thing is what's appropriate. Okay, so mm. now you have an athlete who might have chronic injuries. I'm a perfect example. I have some wrist issues. I can't really bench press effectively because when I put a lot of weight in the bar, it's painful. My, my wrist can't handle it. So for me, I have to take something that might not be as effective. I might not get as strong as I would if I could bench press heavy, but I can do more volume with this lighter load. Yeah. You know, and, and again, so I'm maybe training more for hypertrophy than maximal strength, which will yeah. still benefit in the long run. It's not 100% ideal, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but then again, if you want to look like the physiology of getting stronger, um, what they're finding a lot is it's really you want to get to that point where um, you're really forcing the motor units to get to try to activate everything they can. Yeah. So when you get a motor, uh, you're trying to get a muscle to contract. Um, not all the motor units activate properly. So your goal, a lot of times, is making sure you can get them to contract. Um, and then as you get stronger, you want to get that a lot of times strength training early on is more neurological meaning that you're kind of training your body to recruit more motor units. Yeah. Uh, so, so to answer your question around that way, it kind of depends. I first want to get somebody strong, then once we get sufficient strength, maybe, again, I'm like, let's say like someone, you have a fighter in camp, maybe I'm not training maximal strength at that point because there's too much mm. overload of the central nervous system. Yeah. Maybe you want them to do like... Uh, or, you know, medium volume, like low intensity exercises to maintain mm. so that we can focus on making sure that they don't lose strength, but we can focus 
focus on skill development or cardiovascular training or whatever. Do you, on that, like on that vein a little bit, do you see more, with, with the rise of things like, I don't know, I shouldn't have got F45 in America as well, and like, I suppose. Yeah, they, they have F45. Yeah, and, you know, all those high-intensity Cross hit training, yeah. etc. cetera. Do you, those ones where they're, like, in, in my opinion, the business model is to a lot of turnover. But essentially what I'm coming to realise is, is doing anything over and over again is not a good idea. Um, you know, you've got to train for for a period of time. So do you see a lot of these people that are like come shut off the couch and then are just doing high intensity workouts four days a week over and over and over again? And you see, like you're seeing a lot of injuries from that or is this me just projecting on someone else doing basically the same thing I am in a different sport? <laughs> no, I mean, I do think people get hurt when they do that. It's because they're, they're pretty much, they go from doing nothing to like a lot of high intensity stuff. The body hasn't adapted to it. Mm. Basically, even if your body is adapted, if you keep, doing it over and over and over and you're not letting your body adapt, mm. you're, you're going to let you know th- things break down. And, and I think that's the problem with group classes, is I think for the most part, I mean, people are going to get stronger, they're going to get better endurance, but it's not specific to them, yeah. which means that it, they might be overloading. You know what I mean? You know, but like, so, so I used to work at this place where it was a, a, a physio, but it was also, there was also personal training. Yeah. They were watching the personal trainers and, and how a personal trainer was, is they weren't really trying to make you better athlete. They were just trying to make the person happy. Yeah. So, you know, and then I've, I've seen people that go to CrossFit, and, you know, I was talking to people about how they do their CrossFit. Again, CrossFit's this repetitive high-intensity thing. But it's like, even though it's not specifically individualized, there was enough good carryover, which I think was going to be beneficial. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it can, it might be okay at some point, but there's a point where it's not going to be. Uh, and I, and I, I know that's very vague. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I don't think uh, I got, I got one, one more random question for you, and then, then we'll let you go because we appreciate your time and speaking to us. Um, it just popped into my head when you were talking about then, and I, I saw the similarities between the train jiu-jitsu and what I was just kind of being a little bit critical of someone else for doing. You hear the old adage, like it's, it's, it's probably almost a meme or a, uh, cliche now about the I want to get fit before I, I get into jiu-jitsu I want to get I want to lose weight before I start training and there's the old do, almost in a Brazilian accent do jiu-jitsu my friend just start type thing is that what What are your thoughts on that like is, should you and it's probably different for MMA Muay Thai jiu-jitsu like should you have a base level of strength before you start doing these things or do you think it's something you can start and kind of ease yourself into and and build your strength up over time. Well, I mean, it also depends on how they go about it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times when people want that base before they start, a lot of time that's an excuse. Yes. So, you know, if you're like, I'm going to do this exercise, and then two months I start to juice, they're never going to start to juice. Yeah. yeah. They're just going to keep putting back. I think if you're like, okay, well, I'm going to start to jiu-jitsu, start jiu- I'm going to start twice a week. Yeah. So you kind of ease yourself. Yeah. I think that would be the way. Yeah. As, then, what I would recommend is that as you become a little bit more serious, especially with the recreationist hobbyist, I think it's important for them to do some baseline strength training just because if you, all you do is jiu-jitsu, just like with the high-intensity stuff, things are going to break down. Yes. So yeah. I think it is good to do your base strength work to help your body prepare for what you have to do. You know, good some mobility work help that's beneficial so that your body can handle what you have to do. But... I, I think, so to answer your question, I think someone could ease 
yeah. go in and they're like do jiu-jitsu and then they like train like six days a week yeah and then they burn out after three months like it was just too much and well, no, he just started way too fast too yeah. hard yeah too hard too fast uh, I also think it depends on where you train Yes. Then they go to a gym and now jiu-jitsu is the way they So it's key training and they're hitting points and grips, which really, if, if you want self-defense, it doesn't matter it's at all. Big old waste of time. Yeah. So, so now they're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to win this tournament. And so now people are using like a fuckload of attributes. Now, anyone to say attributes, for someone to say strength, mobility, endurance, doesn't matter, is wrong. Obviously, yeah. the stronger you are, the better you are, it's going to be good. The problem is, is if you start too early, develop your game around these attributes. Yeah. It's really going to help hurt your technical development. So I think that if you're going to like this this competition school, everyone's training hard, maybe that's a, not a good place for a new person because they're more likely to get hurt. Mm. Uh, but but I don't I also wouldn't want someone to not do jiu-jitsu because they're worried about getting hurt. Yeah. We have to ease into it. It's hard as well because then there's the others, the uh, the uh, dark secret is all the performance enhancing stuff where, you know, you, you, you see your idols train, oh, that, that person trained six hours today. And maybe they were doing a bit of the old Brazilian jiu-jitsu six hours where three hours of that was talking. But it's still <laughs> like, you know, they, they train for six hours and you don't realize it's because they're on so many Mexican supplements that like they, they, they're recovered before they've finished the session. So I, I imagine it's, I don't think it's any worse in martial arts and isn't anything else. Like if anything, I I personally think people are a little bit more open about performance um, use in MMA just because everyone assumes. But it, it is interesting. I, I definitely agree. I mean, you can kind of tell, like, I think most people know what you can handle. Yeah. I would say, as someone who, who competed, again, I'm not a good athlete, but again, I didn't compete as, as a professional for a short period and I was training. I feel like you could probably get away with two sessions a day for maybe five, you know, so maybe get like 10 good training sessions a week. Yeah. Uh, after that, I mean, then you can sprinkle in other things like, okay, maybe you, you do like multiple skills training, so maybe it's not as much. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, feel, I, I feel like you can't really take more than that. Yeah. You know? yeah maybe if you're a better, better athlete than me, maybe you can get away with like 14 training sessions a week. But I feel like these people that like they say that they do like six hours of jiu-jitsu, like I don't think it's physiologically possible mm. for them to really recover and not be breaking down. Again, I mean, I, I'd have to watch them and see what they do, but I mean, and then I go five, six weeks, injured, out for a week, sick, out for two weeks. Like it just, I, it's literally been 10 years of doing the same thing over and over again and thinking it'll be different this time. And it's really just been over the last year and a half that I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll use a bit of periodization. Maybe, maybe I'll have a rest week or maybe I'll have a lighter session today. Maybe I'll, or maybe I'll let my body recover a little bit. But it's, it's amazing how you, um, you, you think you're a smart person and then you look back on your own behavior and you're like, I'm such a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's 2020, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Did we have... It makes, it makes you feel better. doesn't matter what I know. Like, 
I remember it was like a year ago where I'm like talking about like warm ups and like the next day one of my buddies was like getting ready for like you know an MMA fight. I jump in, no warm up, we're in like full MMA. It'd be like you know it, and you're just like, I'll just roll the dice this time. Yeah. If I can get to the next ten minutes, I'm okay. Yeah. And then I got away with it. And then it's, I'm probably just being a hype contract. It's yeah. fine. Then you went to work the next day and sat down and told someone how important it was for them to warm up and do their prehab because if you don't do it, you're an idiot. But don't you listen to what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, did we have one other question from Instagram? We had three questions, oh, but I uh, I, forgot I, I got them and then I f- it, it disappears after 24 hours. Oh, I haven't got them. And I didn't write them down. Okay. So. Well, Dr. Louise, Louise's was uh, if she challenges you to a duel can she have your name so i figured yeah if she wants to come there and challenge it that'd be pretty cool you could wear like night suits do something on horses i don't know <laughs> um fuck i'm trying to remember i'll challenge her when she's not good at this jiu-jitsu match yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure i mean if she wants to roll jiu-jitsu that's fine all right challenge, challenge is set louisa get get on a plane get on a plane get to california uh you she has to play pay for our tickets too because yeah. you know She's a doctor. She's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll have uh, some battle royale. I mean, because if it's not on social media, it never really happens. So you mm. just have to be there to prove that it happened. Well, it could get like one of our one of our biggest viewed videos was talking to um, McDojo Life about a man versus woman MMA sparring session he organized. So maybe we can get him a promotion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. Um, and actually, the other one was Tiny Sumo. I reckon he was asking if there were going to be any more fights whether you were going to fight again, but you sort of touched on that through the process of the, of the chat. So, yeah, I don't know what the third question was. So it's um, pretty, From memory, it was a good, intelligent question. <laughs> <laughs> That's all really, I remember. Really thought-provoking. Hopefully we covered it by accident. Yeah. If it was really good, we'll have to get you back on and ask you again. That's cool. That's fine. <laughs> anyway. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time. Um, it's great to talk to people that aren't putting bullshit out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you want to take a couple ass picks and use it for the promotional pick for this, um, we Feel can. free, yeah, no worries. It's, 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 it's 2019. You can do what you want now, but no, we really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, thanks for your time.